0: Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. Have you
1: ever had some wonderful experience with the Lord, something God has done just out of the ordinary, and you're so thrilled about it, and then someone comes along and throws cold water on it, (laughs) they start questioning it or even criticizing it? You know, honestly, when God is working, uh, the devil is always fighting. But frankly, when God is working, sometimes even good people, even God's people, do not understand. So, what do you say when the questions come? Uh, We turn today to Acts chapter number 11. You remember in our last chapter, Acts chapter 10, one of the most amazing things happened. God spoke to Peter, God spoke to Cornelius, God put them together. Peter preached the gospel. Cornelius and his entire household get saved. The Holy Spirit comes upon them, they get baptized. Uh, The door of faith is open to the Gentiles. You'd think everybody would be excited. and Then you come to Acts 11, verse 1. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised and didst eat with them. So here are good people, sincere people. They just weren't there. They didn't see it. They didn't hear it they didn't understand. And frankly, you've got to give some latitude because everybody has not necessarily learned what God's taught you. And everybody may not have necessarily had the same uh, opportunity to witness the work of God as you have. And so they begin asking questions. Remember that at one point you had that prejudice or you had that idea or you had that thought. So what are you going to say? Well, Peter's answer, I think, is so instructive. Now, it's going to sound like deja vu. I'm going to read through it, and as I read through it, you're going to say, this sounds identical word for word to what happened in Acts chapter 10. That's instructive in itself because Peter just tells them what happened. He goes through it in order. Listen to his answer. Acts chapter 11, verse number 4, but Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying. And in a trance I saw a vision, a certain vessel descend, as it had been a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me, upon the which when I had fastened mine eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beast of the earth and wild beast and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entered into my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. Aren't you glad God speaks again? He didn't give up on us. I wonder sometimes how many times God's going to have to say things to us for us to get it. Verse 11, And behold, immediately there were three men already come unto the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the Spirit bade me go with them, nothing doubting. Do you see the push and the pull? When God is at work, he's always working on both ends. He's nudging you internally, using his word and prayer, and he's also drawing, calling from the outside. God has a way of connecting. Uh, when, When God is working on both ends, he's making something plain to you. He continues, verse 12, Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. And he showed us... How he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, Send men to Joppa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee words, whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us at the beginning. Now, to this point, it's all just a rehearsal of what happened. But listen to verse number 16 of Acts 11. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. So now Peter's giving us a little insight into his thoughts when all this was going on, what God was doing in his heart while God was working on the outside. Verse 17, for as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? Oh, there's a beautiful humility in this. Instead of making himself the authority, he, he lets God speak. He lets God be the authority. Instead of taking the questions personally, instead of getting on the defensive and uh, using his apostolic authority uh, to stand up and say something, he simply says, Look, I'm just the Lord's servant. This was God's doing. I was just, I was just there watching God at work. And I love the response in verse 18. When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. You know, the Bible says that wisdom is justified of her children. I really believe this. When it's of God, spiritual people will recognize it. I do love the fact there's accountability to the local church in this, that even Peter was not out on his own. Uh, he, He answered to the other brethren, and so do we. So if somebody says, well, God told me to do something, but spiritual people can't see God in it, that's a red flag. So God is working, again, working on both ends in this situation. Uh, But just as a practical application, when God is working and questions come, how should you answer those questions? Let me give you two or three suggestions from Peter's example. First of all, tell them what God has done in your own heart. In other words, speak out of your own walk with Jesus. Uh, be, be transparent, be honest about how the Lord dealt with you in, in the place of prayer, how God spoke to you, how God led you, how he orchestrated things. Tell them what God did in your own heart. Then, don't, not only tell them your story, tell them what the Word of God says. This is so important because our authority is not experience. Our authority is not emotion or events. Our authority is not what we say, it is what God has already said. His word is forever settled in heaven. It should be settled in our hearts. So I love the fact that Peter quotes Scripture, use the word of God. In other words, if it's really the work of God, it will always line up with the word of God. So use the word to answer the question. People will argue with you till you're blue in the face, but they have a harder time arguing with the word of God. And then... When the questions come, not only should you be able to explain what God has done in your heart and what God has said in his word, then tell them what God is doing in the lives of others. Because if it's really of God, it will bear the right kind of fruit. If what the Lord is doing is is God's plan and God's purpose through the ages, it will be marked by the Holy Spirit. It will be marked by the fruit of the Spirit the love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. It will be marked by the power and the beauty of God himself. And friends, you just can't argue with that beauty. You can't argue with what God does. And so let the work of the Lord testify. Let what God is doing be its own evidence in the lives of other people. Sure, some may not believe. Some may continue to be skeptics. Some may continue to criticize. Spiritual people will acknowledge it, as these believers did in verse 18. They will hold their peace, and they will glorify God. You just tell them what God is doing in your heart, what God has said in his word, and what God is producing and doing in the lives of other people. And then let the Lord speak for himself. That, friends, is about all you can say.
0: When the questions come. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey. But we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.